Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. Hi, everybody. Welcome to BXB. We are recording live. Keith McPherson, Sweeney Murdy. It's Wednesday afternoon, right before the Yankees play game number 162. It's a good opportunity to wrap up the season, get you ready for the playoffs, although we will have a separate playoff preview coming as well before we get to that first series and react off to what was a phenomenal and historic night for the Yankees. Keith, Aaron Judge finally hit number 62. You know what, Sweeney? I, I'm so glad it happened last night. Uh, I was getting to the point where I was concerned more about Judge's swing, his approach, his mental health. And what a guy. He gets it done for the team. He leads off with a leadoff historic homer. And uh, we can put it behind us now. It's done. 62. He is the AL home run champ. And the debates about who is the actual home run champ for the entire league are furious right now they're going and um whatever you think is cool but you know what was cool for us was that he did it when the record was 99 and 61 and then it turned to 99 and 62 after after the loss that no one cared about i saw you said your nine-year-old daughter or or your son saw that like before the game started before the game started he's he's he he comes in and tells me all how excited he is about it i'm like you know what I'm going to, I'm going to tweet that out and see what happens. And all of a sudden everybody else started kind of jumping on the same idea. You know, my son Ryan's, you know, he's big into baseball this season and into Aaron judge this season. And, you know, he loves math too. So the numbers just thing just kind of stand out to him. And it was kind of cool. Like, you know, I hadn't even thought about that. That's really cool, buddy. That's a good job. So we, we got to watch the home run together last night. Um, You know, my, my daughter was at a, uh, at a sleepover and, you know, my wife texted her and, she was excited you know about it it's it's one of those things keith you know 60 i i and we'll and we we can talk about this we'll talk about you know the record clean record whatever but 62 still means something it's a meaningful number and it's going to you know aaron judge is the face of the yankees and there are young fans like my kids there are older fans like you we're not we're not going to see this again for a really long time, right? So you're going to Maybe remember Aaron Judge. You're going to remember 62. That number is going to mean something, Keith. Yeah, it, it means something. No matter what people want to say about it, how you want to twist and turn it, I'm thankful that he got to it. Like I said, I was getting to a point where I'm like, hey, he's got 61. He owns the record. He shares the record, but he's yeah. there. And mm-hmm. uh, he's so clutch. And just his demeanor and the way he carries himself, he did it on that that first at bat, and that's great. And I love that you said you got to share it with, you know, your family, your son. I think a lot of people will remember exactly where they were when it happened. And uh, for me, I had just came back from doing my show on WFAN. 
I picked up dinner from the Italian restaurant down the street. I sit down to watch the game and I bow my head and, and clasp my hands to pray. <laughs> and I say a couple words and then judge steps in the box and I stop praying. Yeah. And I think to myself right away, I'm like, that's that's wrong, Keith. Like prayer and blessing your food is more important than any <laughs> at bat. And th- But I didn't go back to praying. I kept my yeah. eyes on the at bat and he hit it. And then after he hit it, I said the rest of my prayer. And it was like God was with me. The baseball guys were with me like, hey, you should probably watch this. So I'll for I'll forever always remember that I stopped praying to get my eyes on his at bat. And he did it. And when he did it, the relief that I felt and I'm sure the whole team felt the team ran out there done. No matter what anyone says, Aaron Judge did it. 62. He's on top of the record books. Yeah. And it's funny, like it's to like see how times change right like roger maris hit his home run everybody stayed in the dugout and they all celebrated with him in the dugout and pushed him out of the dugout for a curtain call at home at yankee stadium um there was no way whether he hit it at home or on the road his teammates were all going to rush out there onto the field that's that's today's thing and that's a cool little difference in the visual and the video and keith i don't know about you but like when i was growing up and playing ball with my friends in the neighborhood you know 61 home you play home run derby right and we all knew that 61 was the number and you know 755 was the number because hank aaron was still the home run champ when i was a kid um i mean none of us were going to hit 755 home runs at least that we'd count but (laughs) in the summer right we're off from school we would keep records we'd keep score of our games and we'd keep track of how many home runs we hit and it meant something to us as like 10 11 year olds when we got to 60 and 61 it was fun like that number still resonates and um I know that there is a great debate. I'm going to get into this with you in a, a, a minute here, but the number itself is still just magic. There are people who are going to remember this season start to finish and what Aaron Judge meant to them. Again, as I mentioned, because he is who he is, because he is you know, almost literally larger than life. He is the face of the team. He's the face of a very good team that might go on to win a World Series championship, which, which would stamp this even more. But the idea that that player, that popular player, can put up a season like this, I mean, it's it's just something for every fan to hold dear because those things just don't happen all the time. It was a special season, special year. I don't take for granted the fact that he did it in a Yankees jersey, number 99, chasing number 9, 61. Now he has 62. I watched a ton of them in the stadium this year. I don't care that I didn't get to see him uh, break it in the stadium this year. I'm hoping he's got more for October and sure. uh, it's special. It's special that, you know, there's still more to do. Um, but this is history in a year where major league baseball locked out and uh, we weren't sure how things were going to go. They went great. I was talking to Max Goodman on Twitter who put out just a list of things that happened this season. And then I added to his list and I feel like we could have kept going on with interesting and historic things that happened in 2022 uh, it's a it's a great feeling to be a part of it. Uh, I feel blessed that I'm on WFAN. We have this Bronx baseball podcast. I'm on MLB Network talking about it all year. Like, um, you know, it, it, it is historic. It is something we'll always remember. And I look forward to being uh, 50 and 60 and 70 years old and telling my kids about it and uh, telling stories about it. I'll remember this year forever. 
Yeah, because it doesn't happen all the time. And, you know, we've got fans who have been listening along here who I know are excited about it, too. You want to tell everybody, like, is there uh, – this is my first time doing this on Twitch, so you want to tell people, like, how they can get involved here. They want to send us some messages, comments. How does that work for everybody? Yeah, I'm right now putting a tweet out. Um, I've got a, a bunch of experience doing live podcasts on yeah. Twitter and uh, – <laughs> or on Twitch and uh, YouTube. That's, you know, literally where I've come from um, before I was on radio and TV. So yeah, shout out to everyone that joined the chat. This is the first live stream. We plan on doing more and uh, send the link to a friend that wants to talk Yanks, wants to hear us talk about the Yanks and uh, watch the rest of this live podcast with me and Sweeney Murdy. Also subscribe to the podcast. And uh, yeah, this is cool. I'm putting the link out there now. This is the WFAN Twitch feed. and um, I like that we're just kind of piggybacking off of Tiki and Tierney. You still see some of the uh, chat in there. And, yeah, we'll keep this going. All right. Uh, And make sure if you're listening to us live, make sure you go back uh, to our archives and make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You can get on your time as well. Uh, It's at Odyssey everywhere you get the podcast. We are BXB, Keith McPherson, and Sweeney Murdy. The quote-unquote clean home run record, Keith. Uh, Roger Maris Jr. has put this out there, and we touched on this in our last show, and I want to kind of reiterate this again, why it it is meaningful to him. Let's remember that Roger Maris held a separate home run record from the second that he hit number 61 till the day he died. His record was always separated from Babe Bruce, and that was because of the number of games that he did it in. The expansion added games to the schedule. And the commissioner, who was friends with Babe Ruth, wanted to make a distinction that if Roger Maris couldn't hit 60 home runs within 154 games the way Babe Ruth did, the record was not going to be considered the same. Uh, And it was a mistake by that commissioner, but he had his reasons, as I said, upholding something from his friend Babe Ruth. Um, So the Maris family understands that their father did not ever share the home run did not ever hold the home run record singularly. He died in 1985. The asterisk that was placed next to his name in the record book wasn't removed until 1991 when they decided a season is a season and Roger Maris holds the record. Roger Maris never knew that. He died six years before that happened. So the Maris family is now saying, Keith, you know, that's all. Barry Bonds is a steroid aided home run record. Aaron Judge is a clean record. Now, there's a slippery slope there, and I'm going to talk to you about that a little bit more. But we do understand, Keith, why the Maris family is so adamant about making this happen separately because that was their whole life. That was his their father's whole life. Yeah, and I think that bit of information is important for younger people to understand and anyone to understand during these last couple of weeks that you've seen Roger Maris Jr. at these games. You've seen his tweet. He was involved in the postgame press conference. And, uh, you know, he's not a analyst. He's not paid by any TV network or radio station to give his takes and his thoughts. It's motivated by his dad and his dad's legacy. And I think it's important for people to understand that, hey, he's saying judge should be the rightful owner. They should do something to change who in the record book, right, has the actual record, this, that, and the other. I don't think they're going to do that. I don't expect them to do that because, like you said, the slippery slope. Um, But I will say this, and I've I've said this on the podcast before. 
believe what you want to believe, think what you want to believe, or yeah. uh, think think what you want to think. People feel like Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame, right? Right. I I do, but he's not. So in my humble opinion, I feel like his home run record is as real as his Hall of Fame plaque. Neither one exists to me because there's so much talk about the steroid era. There's so much talk about um, these guys' individual accomplishments. And I understand there's a ton of Yankees haters that like to say, oh, well, what about those Yankees championships with steroid users on their team? We're talking about an, an individual. We're talking about an individual accomplishment. And yep. if you have an individual accomplishment that is the record and it's known that you were aided, there's another argument that, oh, Barry Bonds never failed the drug test. Come on. We all know we watched Barry from they, they he... were testing back then, though. They, didn't <laughs> they weren't they weren't randomly <laughs> testing. Right? Yeah. So I, I just understand that baseball is the type of sport that there's a ton of debate and conversation like this all the time. Good. Let it go on forever. There's no such publicity as bad publicity. Let people fight and argue over the different things. For what my money's worth and for what I've seen, which I did see, I came up in that era, right? You talked about yeah. when you were a kid, 61 was the number. When I was a kid, I was at Little League Baseball Camp. I was playing Little League. And these guys like Bonds, which he did it in 2001, but yeah. really for me, it was McGuire and Sosa's race that yeah. like when I was a kid, I wasn't thinking about them being juiced up. I wasn't thinking about them using PEDs. I was thinking, wow, chicks dig the long ball. Yeah. These guys hit a lot of home runs. They're smashing this record. And uh, fast forward to now, right? The record being 73. I saw Jeff Passan and shout out to Jeff Passan. I just met him a couple of weeks ago in the, in the media uh, area in Yankee Stadium. Great guy. But I thought that his tweet was a little bit like, you know, he put out a tweet, said Judge has the American League record or Judge had a, had a great year hitting 62. Mm -hmm. But the record is 73 and there's yeah. nothing else to talk about. No, there's a lot to there's talk a lot, about. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't like when people just say, listen, this is my my answer is the right answer and stop discussing it. That's really, you know, uh, I, I agree with you on that. But it's hard to differentiate. Listen, and, and our perspectives are all different because what you were 10 when McGuire and Sosa were doing their thing. Right. About that. Um, I, you know, I was an adult. You were still a kid. And our perspectives on those things are a lot different. Um, I think the thing about when I say slippery slope, how do we like what's the answer? Because, as you said, um, we have a lot of. A, a, a lot of anecdotal evidence and a lot of reporting that tells us what Barry Bonds was doing and why that number isn't considered by many people to be legitimate, right? Um, but the thing is, okay, how many of those home runs did he hit off of pitchers who were taking steroids? Um, and what are you trying to do necessarily to – do they all not count? Do we say, okay, well, if he wasn't taking steroids, he would have hit – 48 home runs like you know there's no way to really differentiate that the other thing here keith i think is kind of really important here you know it's possible you know um ben johnson was an olympic sprinter who won a gold medal and set a world record at the 1988 olympics he tested positive for steroids they stripped him of his medal and made the second place finisher who's carl lewis the gold medal winner that's very easy to do in an individual sport uh, Lance Armstrong, same kind of thing, right? You can strip him in an individual race, the Tour de France, and say, okay, the second place guy, you're now the winner. It's really hard to do this in a team sport because, okay, if you're telling me that Barry Bonds' record is legitimate and you should strip him of those home runs, okay, those home runs came in a team sport. So, 
Do you take those runs off the board? Do you take those wins away? Do you have to (laughs) legislate playoff and World Series games? How how do you you can't do that? I think, like I said, it's fine being a topic of conversation in the record books. They're not going to change that. They're not going to do that. Barry Bonds stepped in that batter's box and he hit seventy three home runs. Yes, he did. Aided by PEDs, yes. But there, there's no PED to change your hand-eye coordination. There's no PED to make you a better hitter, make you stronger, make you recover faster. But, you know, we all know Barry Bonds is the best hitter we've ever seen. So uh, the conversation can go on forever. This is the last thing I'll say about it. We have been all season talking about a clean record, a clean record for years now. We haven't seen – we saw John Carlos Stan. I went down to Miami. Let mm-hmm. me see if I have my proof. Yeah, you have it there? I went down to Miami to Ooh. see John Carlos Stanton. There you go. Chase 60, Chase 61, wow. Chase 62. The year before he became a Yankee, I didn't even know he was going to become a Yankee. He didn't do it. He didn't get there, right? Judge got there. So now we do have a guy that we look at as the clean home run king. He's definitely the AL home run king. But there are a ton of people that watch baseball and they have this, I don't know, this thing against the steroid era. When I was a kid, that made baseball cool. That made people like baseball. Baseball marketed it, promoted it. They needed it. But fast forward to where we are in 2022. We now have a guy who is so locked in, so good at hitting a baseball. And just the way that he carries himself as well, I like the fact that I can say I watched Aaron Judge. I met Aaron Judge. I'm a Yankees fan that covers the Yankees. And I watched the entire season that he hit 62. And in my opinion, that is the clean home run record. Not the home run record, the most home runs we've seen in this season. We've seen Bonds do more or hit more. We've seen McGuire hit more. We've seen Sosa hit more. But for my money, a guy that did not take PEDs, a clean Home run hitter. It's Aaron Judge as the clean record holder. I, I think we also, we touched on this in our last show, Keith. It is a little dangerous to just simply proclaim it the clean home run record because even though there were some, the the whispers about Andrew Steen Dion in 98 had come out, you know, we didn't really all of a sudden in 1998, we didn't say, well, this record isn't legit. They're on steroids. It was held up as a legit record. And I will tell you, as I, as I said the last episode, there was a time in, in, not that long ago where we said, well, thank goodness for Alex Rodriguez, because once he hits 800 home runs, Barry Bonds will be obliterated and we will have a real clean home run champion. How did that turn out? Okay. <laughs> Not real good. Keith. Not great. No. Listen, and I'm listen, I, I want to uphold everything the judge does and that it's fabulous and it's great. And you want to say it's legit and clean. But you never, you know, you really just have to be careful when you just proclaim it that way and say it can't be challenged because you don't know what the future holds. Alex Rodriguez at one point in time was everything that was great about baseball. Uh, uh, Coverboy and Sports Illustrated that way. He was going to be the guy that set the steroid era home run records and threw them away. Well, that you know, that's a bad take. Okay, that didn't age well. Should we say if that's is that how we say it now, Keith? Is that what we say? Yeah, that's, that's what they say on Twitter. This tweet didn't age well. Who's aging tweets? <laughs> <laughs> Who's counting the age of tweets? I'll tell you something that I thought was really cool though for Judge is that he he got to do this pretty much by himself. He he lapped the field in home runs. Nobody's really close, and that's unique here because remember, Mantle 
was right alongside Maris in 1961 until the very end. An injury took him out of it, and Maris uh, eclipsed the mark. Mantle fell short. McGuire was a miserable person through the first three months of the season as he was on pace. Then all of a sudden, Sammy Sosa had 20 homers in June, jumped into this race, and all of a sudden, you know, smiles pop up because you have somebody else to share the pressure, and there's a race to get there. Bonds didn't necessarily have it, but he was chasing somebody who was still current in the game, like McGuire and Sosa. Sosa hit a bunch that year. Uh, Luis Gonzalez hit 57 that year. So there were still people up there. I think Sosa finished in the 60, 66 or something like that um, in that same season. So he was up there. Uh, nobody came close to Aaron Judge. He was up there by himself. And the fact that he outdistanced everybody by this and didn't have anybody else jockeying for position or to share the pressure, I think that's another unique aspect of this. And he never made it about himself. The guy yeah. is always talking about the team, the team, the team. And he led this team. He carried this team when this team was struggling. There's some wins that Aaron Judge is responsible for walking off, hitting a walk-off homer. There's a few of them this year. Yeah. And uh, talk about MVP. When you talk about the gap between him and the next guy, who is it, Kyle Schwarber with 46? It's yeah. not close. It is not close for him to handle the pressure of New York to do it for the New York Yankees, who this season he – literally turned down an extension and bet on himself and the team got off to their hottest start in years and he just stayed steady and did something historic on his own I, I love the guy I love I love how uh in Toronto that last game we were all saying maybe we rest him maybe we rest him and they don't rest him and he comes out and does it last night I was on the radio and even online I'm saw I'm seeing him frustrated I'm seeing him banging his helmet I'm like this thing has turned into a circus we want to make sure he's right no, he wants to be in there. He talks to Boone and says, I want to be in there for my team. And he does it the first at-bat of the game for the squad. Puts the Yankees on the board. First, done. Everybody exhale. Aaron Judge gets the 62. He doesn't come up short for the people that were saying he was choking. He doesn't come up short for the young kids. That's the last thing, too. The young kids that have seen this. They didn't see Bonds. They didn't see McGuire. They didn't see, like, yeah. they don't know of that. For yeah. the young kids, he is their Yankee, right? There are generations of Yankees fans that talk about who they saw and who was their guy from Mantle to uh, Jeter to Judge or whoever it is. These young kids that are Yankees fans, that are baseball fans, have a guy that they can say they watched his whole historic season and he did it the right way. Props to Patty and Wayne Judge. They uh, raised a superhuman. I love the the quote that someone put out about you know, how he was adopted and how, you know, they they kind of like look at him like a Clark Kent, right? Yeah. He's, he's <laughs> Superman on the field, yeah. but he's Clark Kent off the field. He uh -huh. doesn't showboat. He, he doesn't make it all about himself. And that's because he was raised the right way. So I always try to give props to his parents. That's great. Uh, I'm going to let you sift through some of these comments here, see if there's anything you want to address. We're on Twitch live. This is BXB. Uh, if you're not listening to us live, you're listening to us on our uh, New Yankees podcast. It's episode number nine. Keith McPherson, Sweeney Murdy, we're available from Odyssey and everywhere you get your podcasts. Make sure you subscribe, follow, review, uh, write, you know, all that jazz and uh, and check us out. Um we uh, are going through the playoffs, too, and we should have a playoff preview for you coming up next week when we know the exact matchup on that. Um, you, you, know, you mentioned something about Judge Elso that, that kind of uh, uh, jumped into my head, but now I kind of forgot it. Uh, but we talked about the MVP. And, oh, I know, he's, like he's, he is actually out of the lineup today. He's resting game 162, uh, so he's not going to win the Triple Crown. 
He's going to come up a few points short. He is four points short heading into the day. Luis Arise is batting. He has to go like, you know, 0 for 10 or something like that to lose this batting. We must goal. never leave that out, Sweeney. When we talk about this historically for years to come, we have to mention that while he was chasing 60, yeah. 61, and 62, he did hold the triple crown. He was yeah. this close to getting it. Maybe it was the pressure, the media coverage, the live look-ins, all of the talk well, the around the sports is, world. Not throwing him enough strikes. How I was about, about to say, or just not getting pitches to hit. Nobody wanted to be the guy to give it up. He had the triple crown as he was chasing history. It's incredible. Yeah, and because and a lot of, like nobody's afraid of throwing Luis Araya as a strike, right? <laughs> like you know, you're you're not staying away from him because you're afraid you're going to beat him. And I'm not trying to put down a rise. You know, you hit 315 over a full major league season. You know. You had a good year. He, he was you great all year. His his average was up to like 350 at some point yeah. points of this year. I'm not taking anything away from him. He's going to win the batting title and he deserves it. Whether he played today or not, I don't, you know, I don't care for the people who were down on him for sitting out um for a couple of days, hamstring injury, whatever, phantom or real, whatever you believe, you played a full season's worth of games and won a batting title. I'm not taking that away from him. Um, but Judge, you know, we mentioned this a couple of times. Judge was chasing down two historic seasons in Yankee lore at the exact same time. You know, he was chasing Roger Maris and Mickey Mantle's triple crown year um, in 1956, the last Yankee to win a triple crown. You're taking down two of the all-time great Yankee seasons at once, taking them on, not taking them down both. But holy cow, at a time, and this gets in the MVP debate, at a time when the Yankees were struggling in the second half and needed every, even though their record wasn't stellar, they needed whatever wins they could get just to kind of stay in this. Yeah. I, the more I think about judge and I have to give props to Samantha judge, his wife as well. The more I think about judge talk about a guy putting the team on his back and the weight of the world on his shoulders, how hard that is. This was a season where people talked about how heavy the pinstripes are yeah. with mm -hmm. Joey Gallo and Aaron Hicks. What? Heavy. The pinstripes are not heavy for him at all. That's why I'm sure he's not going anywhere. There, there's no way they let him go anywhere. He is the perfect Yankee. The guy, he got booed in the beginning of the season. I was at Yankee Remember, Stadium. World in 13 games and the pressure was getting to him because he turned down the contract, right? I was I was in 203 and I could hear people saying, why didn't you sign the contract? Oh my God, Judge, you should have taken the money. And I'm sitting there like, shut up. Do you understand what you're looking at? Yeah. The fact that this guy believes in himself that much that he said, I'll go out there. He stayed healthy all year, mm -hmm. right? There's so many factors and that's why I gave props to his wife and his family, because that's his support system when he's not there. Uh, he's got good relationships with the team. And yeah, the, the team went on a historic run to start the year. They slumped. He carried them. He played center field. Right. This is the most we've ever seen him play center field, not right field. He DH. He led off like everything that was asked of him. He answered the call. What an incredible human being. Uh, we're blessed to see Aaron Judge play baseball. And I hope he finishes his career here. There's a certain maturity that came this year, too, that played out in what you talked about is being healthy and staying on the field. Um, if you go back and remember the, uh, the the Don Mattingly doc that was on MLB Network earlier this year was a fantastic show and a look at his career. And one of the things that he said in that, and Mattingly was you know one of the top two or three players in the entire sport in the mid-1980s, one of the things he said in there, you know, as he as his back started to betray him, he didn't really get the idea of 
less work can be more beneficial. He kept pushing himself and pushing himself to the point where his back gave out and he wasn't the same player anymore. And there was a little forlorn look in Mattingly's eyes when at one point he said something to the effect of paraphrasing that you know, he wished he had known earlier in his career that less is more or that less can be more and that he can still do this without um, pushing through all the swings and all the at-bats. And Aaron Judge started to learn that, okay? He's a guy who had the checkered injury history the last few years, hard to stay in the field, pull this muscle, muscle, pull that muscle, whatever. Um, he recognized in his body the optimal way to stay on the field. And we saw it play out. Remember when everybody's early in the year, they're saying, why is he getting today off? They have a day off tomorrow. Why is he not in the lineup? Now, all of a sudden, at the end of the season, Keith, everybody say, why don't they give him a day off? Why don't they arrest him? Come on, man. (laughs) Yeah, he looks frustrated. He looks exhausted. Give him a break. Not now. Not when he's this close to the record. He He won't sit down. And he figured it out, okay? There was a balance there that Don Mattingly didn't recognize until it was too late. And Aaron Judge is starting to recognize it right now at 30, heading into whatever that free agent contract is going to be. He could be the one who is figuring it out and saying, okay, there are days when I don't have to take this many swings. There are days when it's going to be beneficial to me to rest, even though we have an off day tomorrow and it's May 23rd or whatever it's going to be. Um, There are ways to manage this. He got the most out of his body this year at a very crucial time. I think that's an important point. And you know what? We hear a lot about his process. He spoke to it too, just coming to the ballpark every day. He even laughed last night in his post game as if he was playing today. He's like, you know, I got to go to sleep, come back tomorrow and play a day game. Yeah. I would love to learn more about his process, what he does to prepare for a baseball game. He's locked in. I hope they make him captain so that more of these young guys that are on the way, this young Yankees talent that we expect to see in the next two, three years can learn from him. Um, I don't know. There's there's not enough words or we were running out of adjectives to describe this guy. We were running out of words this season and he actually did it. So now what's next? Right. For me, the last thing is the postseason. Right. Because mm-hmm. people in the past have said, oh, well, you know, he hasn't been great in the postseason. He's had some moments in the postseason, yeah. but he's set up now. And this is kind of what what I was alluding to yesterday. Like, hey, what's more important, the record, the triple crown? or him being right for the postseason. We don't want him stressing this so much that he goes into the postseason slumping. He was slumping right right now. Good. He, he's, he's off his feet today. He gets the next few days, six days to reset and to just live in it. And uh, he's got to have a big October, and I think he will. Everything goes to 0-0, zero, zero. the records, the stats, uh, yeah. the fans, right? As far as he, he even joked about the fans, he's like, everyone can sit down and watch the ball game now. Like, that's odd. He laughed about uh, – fans in Yankee Stadium booing each time a pitcher threw a ball. Like, yeah, that's hard for all of us. We're like, what mm-hmm. is this? And now that is done. When he, when we get back to uh, Yankee Stadium Tuesday, the fans are going to be standing the whole game. That's just what it's like in October because people yeah. want to see everything. Um, if you're in a seat sitting down, you got to stand up. And uh, the energy and the excitement will be there for all of the Yankees who have stepped up too. I have to give props to this team. They knew the stress on him. And they were hitting the ball out. Everyone's waiting for Judge to hit a home run. Every other guy stepped up and and hit a homer and played well and took kind of of the weight off of his shoulder. So I'm so ready for this team to come together and carry that chemistry, carry that like 
when you see everybody coming out of the dugout excited for him, that's why I said incredible. He did it for the squad. You know, it it was something that probably the, the, you know, it didn't weigh the team down, but it was weighing heavy on the team because they love him. They wanted it to get done and they did. And now they can carry that magic and momentum into October. You're going to be watching the playoffs. I'll be watching the playoffs. You know who else is going to be watching the playoffs? Shohei Otani. This team <laughs> is not in the playoffs. Now listen, and, I, and that's a cheap shot, okay? I'll admit, no, but that's well done. No, that's no, well done. it's a cheap shot. But Shohei Otani has had he's – had, he's put together two years in a row where there are areas where he's gotten better since last year, which is pretty phenomenal to see. He is going to be up around like almost close to 170 innings pitched. Uh, which is amazing, plus what he's doing offensively. So you put those two together. Yeah, we're watching something that we've never seen in our lifetime that doesn't automatically make him the MVP. Think of now, because, and I can say this, Keith, we'd be looking at this differently. If Aaron Judge you know, had the exact same year, let's say he hit 311 with 41 home runs and 130 RBIs, we'd be looking at this differently, okay? You can make a better argument for Otani as the MVP if Judge didn't make a run at this historic number. Um, And add to that the fact that his team needed him and the word valuable in MVP is used a lot of times by people to understand it to mean, okay, to your team in a playoff race. Mm -hmm. Otani's team isn't in a playoff race and they haven't been. I think what I, w- I would love to get, he plays all his games on the West Coast. I see highlights. I would love to just watch Otani on a daily basis of Marvel the way we do with Aaron Judge because I think he's phenomenal as a, as, a, as a specimen of a baseball player. But if you're voting for an award, you know, most of the time you take into account where, where the team finishes. And, you know, Judge's team is in the postseason because of Judge. And what are we talking about with valuable, right? It's the most valuable player. The Yankees made a ton of money those last uh, home games because everybody was coming to see Aaron Judge. The Toronto Blue Jays in the Rogers Center profited off of Aaron Judge. So did the Texas Rangers. Like, that's value. Everyone's coming to see this guy. They weren't doing live look-ins to watch Otani's no-hitters or no-hit bid. He didn't actually have them, but I think he had a couple no-hit bids. Um, It's different. And what I'll say is Shohei Otani is a unicorn. He's a one of one. We've never seen this. There's nobody else that can do what he does in this game. But that does not automatically make him MVP every year. Maybe they make a trophy for him, uh, you know, best pitcher and hitter. But when you look at what Judge put together and how just his story has captivated the whole country, you've got the president tweeting. You've got every person that ever played Yankees baseball, everyone in the baseball world congratulating him, watching him, rooting for him, and he did it. He didn't fall short. That is your MVP. Uh, His value is ridiculous. We just saw Shohei Otani sign a a one-year deal with the Angels for $30 so they would avoid avoid arbitration. I have no idea. You know, that's light considering. That is light. (laughs) I have no idea what Judge is going to get, but it's going to be more than that per year for sure. Yeah, and I mean, he's got a multi-year deal. He's in free agency versus an arbitration. So the whole pay system is different. Um, but I, I wish I could have a daily appreciation more for what Otani's doing just by watching him. Uh, it is amazing to watch. But when you're talking about taking down historic numbers, um, that's the difference for me um, and, and the playoff thing. Um, you know, because I, don't, I also don't know if Shohei Otani's numbers were slightly off. 
he'd still be this unicorn that you're talking about. You know, if he only pitched, say, 140 innings and had only, let's say, 10 or 12 wins as a pitcher um, and maybe only 28 home runs as a hitter, he'd still be this most amazing athlete we've ever seen, the guy that CC Sabathia says it was the greatest player you've ever seen, and, you know, he, he could be MVP every year. But you've got to look at what the other – people are doing in context to that and for judge the context is what his team needed and the history he was chasing and as we said earlier nobody else was going toe-to-toe with him okay he finished he's at he's 16 home runs ahead of the second place guy um if i'm putting that in other sport contexts i remember when i was a kid dan marino set the touchdown pass record he threw 48 touchdown passes in one season the next guy that year threw 32 marino just blew everybody out of the water. Now that record has been passed uh, too, uh, but Peyton Manning did the same thing. The year that he said it, he was 16 or 18 ahead of the second place guy. There's a, that's different, Keith. That's telling me something different. It's hard to do it on, on the main stage. Barry Bonds came out um, on the K-Rod cast for Sunday Night Baseball against the Red Sox, and he said Yankee Stadium is the biggest stage in baseball. Good. I'm glad he said that. That's Barry Bonds telling you it's hard to play over there. Everybody's watching. Judge, it's nothing. And no, he didn't uh, get 61 or 62 on that stage, but he got 60 for the Yankee Stadium fans, and he does it night in and night out in the pinstripes. The first-place team, a team that earned a bye this year, a team that in the beginning of the year was playing at 115-win pace, it's different. Otani loses a ton of games. The Angels lose a ton of games. They were eliminated a week or two ago, and uh, not as many people are showing up to the Big A to watch him as they are with Judge. And uh, not as many people nationally can get eyes on those games because they play till 1 a.m. Eastern time. So, I mean, I don't think there's much of a conversation anymore. I know there's people on Twitter that are going to have that conversation. But Judge is the AL MVP, and we're blessed to have seen the season that he just put together. You know, and I think back to this, you know, the idea of, you know, there are people that can that can uh, kind of supersede the, the West Coast thing. You know, Ken Griffey Jr. was the biggest star in the sport, right? He played all his games in Seattle. But you get to the postseason and all of a sudden you start separating because there are more there are more eyes on you. And, you know, that and that's true going back to, you know, Sandy Koufax is legendary, right? Well, he Los Angeles Dodgers in an age when all the games were not on TV and his team was on the West Coast. Well, how did he make his name? Because he blew everybody out in the World Series. That's why you saw him on the national stage and he took uh, and, and took that. Uh, Judge is going to have a chance to do that again as the Yankees advance to the playoffs again. Otani and Trout are kind of in this, you know, kind of netherworld because they're not in the playoffs again. And it's and it's uh, sad to see that. Uh, because from a, from a baseball fan's perspective, you want to see the best players everywhere just move forward. And you're seeing a lot of that, you know, with the expanded playoffs too, a lot of the best players still have a chance to get there. And you'd like to see that happen there. Um, we're we're going to have a deeper playoff preview coming up um, before the Yankees series starts. They start on Tuesday. Uh, it's BXB. Thank you for joining us live on Twitch. Uh, and we'll try to do this as often as possible, too. And you can find us, uh, the recorded version. It's from Odyssey, and it's available everywhere you get your podcast. Keith McPherson, Sweeney Murdy. Um, but, Keith, as we know, the playoff schedule is set now. We're going to be watching specifically the Tampa Bay at Cleveland series. Whoever wins two out of three advances to the Yankee Stadium for game one on Tuesday. Um, I don't like this game of trying to pick an opponent. Me either. Dangerous. Yeah. Don't care. Okay, but I'll ask anyway. Do you do you have a preference? No preference. Uh, Because as soon as you start playing that game, 
No. So, what, I mean, we we know it's one of two teams. We know we've faced these teams before. We know we have more history with Tampa than we do Cleveland. Um, the Guardians, honestly, I think about when they came here in June and the fans threw beers on the field and <laughs> Glaber walked them off. But they, they came in hot. They came in with um, – that you was know. one of Classe's blown saves, by the way. That yep. was that was in late April, and the Yankees played them at their place. Yeah, it wasn't June. I don't know why I said June. It was early. Yeah. It was very early in the season yeah. when they came came to Yankee Stadium. But I remember saying, "Oh, they couldn't play here. They couldn't play here. The Yankee Stadium fans were were too much." But great year for their organization. First year as the Guardians, they win this. They win the Central. But if they don't win the Central, I don't know if their record is good enough to get in. I, I think their record wouldn't have been a, a wild card record. Uh, so well, no, because they have over 90 wins and that gets them in. But their 90 wins came, you know, a lot of them are against Kansas City and Detroit and the central competition. Right. Nobody else in that division really helped. You know, the White Sox fell off. The Twins fell off. The Yankees played in the stronger division. So, yeah. So that's what it is. I'm looking at the standings now. 91 wins they would have been in. But they played in the weakest division. And uh, I don't I don't know. I don't want to get into who would I rather play. Uh, I, I We faced the Rays. We faced Kevin Cash. They got Tyler Glass now back, Drew Rasmussen, uh, Corey Kluber. They've got some guys over there that can throw. I don't know. They also have Wander Franco and Randy Arozarena. It's This time of year is the best time of year. And if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. I kept saying that last night. I want the best, whatever, whoever it is. If the Yankees route to a World Series is the Tampa Bay Rays, and then the Houston Astros, great. That's rivalry. That's history. And that gives the Yankees uh, a chance to get some revenge and some redemption against teams that have eliminated them in the past. Uh, but listen, if it's going to be Cleveland and Seattle and then on to the World Series, you know, you don't throw that back. You know, you just you win the games that are in front of you. So don't worry about like if you don't get that shot at Houston and take them down, you know, I think it's perfectly fine. Uh, go back to you know when the Mets played the Yankees in the Subway Series in 2000. The Braves got knocked out before the you know the Mets didn't have to go through the Braves, who were kind of their nemesis all along, and they uh, ran into them in '99 and got beaten. Well, the the Braves got taken out before, uh, so the Mets got to go through the uh, Giants and Cardinals before they got to the Yankees in the Subway Series. But if the Mets had won that World Series. That would have been all accounted. You wouldn't have said, oh, well, we didn't, you know, they didn't really go through the Braves, so it doesn't count. Like, if you don't go through the Astros this time, it's perfectly fine. It just means that they weren't good enough to get there, if that is indeed how it plays out. Hey, what? however it shakes out, one other thing I'll add is this is the first year of this new tournament. This is the first yep. year of this style postseason. We don't know what's going to happen, right? With this uh, five days off, with this bye week, I think one of the top four seeds could get knocked out in the first round. They might just be cold or they Absolutely. might just, you know, that's that's a good thing to think about. Right. And one of these wild card teams can get hot because they don't take a week off. They do play in a series and they keep it going. So it's going to be fun. Uh, baseball in a year that that we had a lockout and, uh, you know, we we fought for 162 games and judge gives us 62 home runs in those 162 games. And uh, the Yankees are first place. They're they're AL champs again. It, it's it's great. Yeah, I couldn't have asked for a better season. And now you hope for a great October. It's been three years since we've had postseason baseball in the Bronx. Let's get it. It's time. This is the best time for baseball for baseball fans. However, it shakes out, it shakes out. I'm I'm laughing. Bruce Noir putting in the comment. I'm happy if someone beats the Astros for us. Um, 
that's uh, that's kind of funny. Uh, it doesn't matter. Just you know, just win the games in front of you. I'll tell you though, the new format is kind of interesting because if you look at these games, it's Friday, Saturday, and if necessary, Sunday. Game one at for the Yankees will be Tuesday. Whether you're Cleveland or Tampa Bay, whoever advances, your game your your number one starter goes Friday. If you're gonna you can't pitch them on normal rest for game one against the Yankees. That's three days rest. So you can bring them back short and then have your game two starter on normal rest for game two of the of the second series. Or you you kind of have to figure out a different pattern and say, okay, if you win the series in two games, maybe you have to start with your third starter or your fourth starter if you're forced to three games. That is a it is a weird advantage, a disadvantage of not playing for five days, but the other team has to reshuffle their pitching in a way that maybe benefits you. Good. May lead for some explosive baseball, a crazy postseason. Get those analytical nerds to crunch <laughs> the numbers and figure out what the best option is. It's time. That's great. Uh, so listen, this is fun. This is what it looks like live. huh? This is what it, uh, what it feels like when we do this live. Yeah, shout out to Gallo in the chat. Pico de Gallo down there works uh, with WFAN Digital, and he's always running the uh, Twitch door in Tiki and Tierney. And uh, he chimed in as a Mets fan. He says, maybe the Braves suffer a letdown after the high of coming back in the division. I bet you would like that. I bet you would like that. <laughs> yeah, you know, and listen, it's going to be wall-to-wall baseball starting Friday with the division series. Uh, yeah, the uh, wild card round and then the division series next week. There's a lot of ball coming, um, and it's going to be fun to watch. And Yankee fans can kind of sit back and relax for a little bit. And uh, that's something you haven't had the luxury of doing for a while, as you said. So it should be fun. This is great. We've had we've got nine episodes in the books, so you can go back and listen to some of our others. Uh, some maybe not as timely as others, but I hope you like our conversations. And if you do, you can go back and hear those. Um, it's BXB, Yankees podcast, Bronx baseball, Keith McPherson, Sweeney Murdy. You find us on WFAN and you find him at Keith underscore McPherson on Twitter. I'm at Yankees WFAN on Twitter. Uh, and we're all on the other platforms as well. And you find us on all your podcast platforms from Odyssey. Uh, you can subscribe, rate, review. It's all free. Get us free. And uh, and listen in because we're going to be coming at you again through this Yankees playoff run. And we hope it's a long one. Yeah. And honestly, we started this podcast last month and we started it late, but we knew that we were going to start this in time for Judge's home run chase, in time for the October uh, postseason run. And, you know, I'm hoping to get some more guests in here. I'm hoping to do some live shows. So stay with us, subscribe, and stay tuned. Ryan Chichester is our producer. Thanks to him. Gallo's on board, too. Thanks to him and uh, everybody else. So help put this together. Keith, thanks to you. We'll do this again shortly. Thanks for listening.